Good start. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do I say something? Is it hot? <laughs> Welcome back to the School of Calisthenics podcast, the playground sessions, and it is playtime because the move you guys are in the house, and this is we have just come off air with them and had an absolute hoot. Um, in within that, there is valuable, 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 valuable information on how to make yourself get yourself better and get yourself pain free. But if you haven't heard of Move You, where have you been? Um, make sure you do check them out, and we hope that you enjoy the podcast. Tim's got nothing to say. We'll just go into it, shall we? You normally leave me something to say. Well, you, yes, your is turn it, now. Yeah, they're great guys. Really interesting stories from where they've come from and, and what mm. they've developed in terms of their, their products um, and the service and great quality information that they're putting out. Um, so definitely have a listen. There's a fair amount of hilarity, maybe less structured than what you might be used to from a podcast from us. But um, it was awesome. I really enjoyed spending some time with the guys. Um, so have a listen and um, enjoy. <laughs> They have landed, they have arrived. It is Mike and Andrew from Movie Set. Thank you guys for coming on. Um, I'm sure everyone has heard of you, but for the, the potential one person that's listening to this podcast that hasn't come across you guys yet, um, could just give us a little bit of background, as much detail as, or as depth of that as you want to, but uh, just a bit of about, about you guys, how, how Move You came about and sort of, and what Move, Move You is about. Well, we're, we're actually still impressed that anybody people even know us so we're on public they're like movie i'm like holy shit yeah that's us <laughs> so we're still like they horrible. recognize me with a shirt on it's amazing they're starting to they did it yeah. at first <laughs> you've got a beautiful face i mean that's just that's the same as tim he's always got his shirt off <laughs> thank you very much I, I, i've been complimenting my face before. wait are you talking to andrew or me yeah andrew <laughs> <laughs> oh i need water oh okay you should right, do we'll some go. stuff the other way around with, with mike with his shirt off maybe did it a couple times. I have a higher view count average than Andrew with my shirt off, and, nice. I, and I, I try to drive that in. Yeah. <laughs> I've done two videos with my shirt off. It had 900,000 views and 500,000. Andrew averages 130, so it's obvious. But see, I can't show this shit that often, right? Yeah. I've got to. It's got to be like a birthday gift. Paid for content, probably. I would have thought. <laughs> yeah, creating, you got to create scarcity. That's a simple rule of business. <laughs> Oh, all right. Talk so, to us about Move You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're Move You. So I was, uh, my background is I was a chiropractor. I've been in medical and healthcare since the year 2000, worked in sports injury clinics, went to chiropractic school, got a degree in that, got a degree in uh, a bachelor in psychology, pre-med, and uh, 2009 moved to San Diego, realized the chiropractic wasn't, it wasn't the adjustment wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So I started studying body movement through TPI, SFMA, FMS, ART, um, and all these other different certs and training programs about body movement, tissue work. And along, and as I was practicing in the clinic, uh, in, in the, in actually, I was actually practicing within a sports training center. So my practice was there. I got an opportunity to, to be an instructor at, California State University. And I instructed a course in kinesiology, so study of movement. And I developed it from scratch. It was called uh, Intro to Manual Therapy. I wanted I wanted students, because here's what happens. Is people blindly pick these professions. I want to be a PT because of this. And then, so they'll spend a quarter million dollars think they'd want to do. And I made a course, my, my intentions was to develop a course that would simulate being a PT, enough for them to make a decision, a yes or no, and if it was a yes, it's a more confident yes. And Andrew was one of my first students in there. And he became a teacher's assistant. And I actually had – Andrew, you want to tell me about my teacher's assistant? It's funny. how Because every class at California State – at the time, I was growing a business. So mm -hmm. I – like this – the business model is right it is to focus on what I do best and have uh, and, and bring in other people to help out with the things that I wasn't good at. So at the time, I had how many teacher assistants did I have? Four. Four. But every every other class only had one. And the the uh, dean pulled me in. She's like, Mike, you have four. Do you need four teachers assistants? I go, <laughs> um, Dr. Witzke. I'm trying to run an A-level class here, okay? I'm trying to give the students a full experience. I need more than four. <laughs> it's sweatshop. Sweatshop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Andrew then became a – and I also had – how many interns did I have at the office? 
understand four. No, with teacher assistants though. You took all four of us as as interns, and then he also had us go work with you. And so I was the only one standing. It's <laughs> <laughs> just attrition. <laughs> hey, you know what it is? It's a Nike quote. The Nike, the the um, I love this one. Is Nike co-found the Nike founders like eight years into the business, they ended up uh, approaching uh, in China for this deal, and they go, "Why would why would we choose you guys?" And he goes, "Hey, the cowards never started. The weak." died along the way and that leaves us so andrew there you go <laughs> Great. Great. <laughs> so yeah so then we um at the time andrew then uh we started a, i started a clinic cali spine a sports injury clinic and andrew was the first employee of cali spine he always jokes about it but and then he screwed up his back too and that was quite that that was a learning lesson for both of us tell him andrew yeah so the end of my School. He was. He was actually still. I was TAing for him during this. But at the end of 2013, um, I herniated my L4, L5, 10 millimeters to the left and bulged it eight millimeters to the right. So I had sciatica down both legs, and that was a grueling one and a half year process. My my uncle had had six back surgeries, and he's seen pretty much no improvement. So you know, I had three surgeons telling me I needed to have surgery, and I'm like, screw that. I'm not going that route. He had one for a herniation back in the day and then proceeded to have another five. So I knew that was just a terrible route, and I wanted to I wanted to prove my doctors wrong. They're like, you're never going to lift again. You're going to have to travel with a, a foam roller into your lower back. You're going to have to wear back braces for everything. I'm like, so what the hell is that about? How, and, uh, how old are you at this stage, Andrew? I'm 27 now, so I was, yeah, 23. 23. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty young. I also have I'm hyper mobile. I don't know if you guys have noticed that on the on the Instagram, but um, so I have I have a lot of options with my movements, and I was a meathead before I got injured. I would just lift things, just however I could get them to go from point A to point B. Didn't really think about it, and I was getting jacked. I was like 225 pounds. And I was I was I didn't look like I do now, um, and then I dropped weight 185 pounds after my injury. Mm. And I'm now 225 again, but my body looks completely different. The funny thing is, I never even noticed he dropped 40 pounds. Didn't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no clue. Uh, <laughs> Until he told me like six months ago, I go, no shit. <laughs> yeah, so so I, I mean, I couldn't walk, couldn't sleep. I had trouble using the restroom. I had no sex life. It was It was very gnarly period of time and i remember mike working on me a few times with using his chiropractic techniques and that didn't didn't make a change you said i made you worse it made me worse actually <laughs> i won't say anything but since you brought it up he's like oh i think you have piriformis syndrome because you've got you've got a tight piriformis is causing sciatica so at the time i was also in that mode of like i i had there was two sides of me. I had my Dr. Jekyll and Miss whatever it is, Mr. Hyde. I don't know how it works. What are you talking about? I don't know. Uh, but they bipolar, whatever. I don't know the name of it. But one side of me was like, I want to fix this person as fast as I can. And the other side of me w- wanted to help them learn to move better. And I, I didn't know how to blend the two together yet. So I would like try to like beat on him. But because he was an employee, I felt like I could do some experimental treatments on him, you know? And you know what you guys do with your friends. Hey, I want to try it. So I did that with him, and I, you know, supposedly. Yeah, it uh, failed. <laughs> um, but I learned less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I, I didn't lift for a long time, and then um, I was having some marginal improvements. And we had one of our clients, he owned a CrossFit gym. He's like, dude, you need to come to my gym and work out with me. I'm like, dude, CrossFit destroys people. And he's like, no, 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 not my gym. So I went there. And he taught me a lot of really, really great fundamental techniques all the way down to breathing and just very slow squatting patterns because I squat my hips would move so much in a squat. And um, he taught me how to really stabilize every joint in my body because I'm so mobile. And I took his techniques and I applied them to myself and patients for like three years. Mm-hmm. And I was teaching Mike some stuff and we really kind of shifted toward the long-term recovery route versus fixing people as quickly as possible. Yeah, it was this transition. It was like, my first was like, I'm Dr. Mike. I'm going to fix you in 3.5 visits, <laughs> right? That was the old model. And then in a, over three years of us honing in these techniques with thousands of patients, learning what's working, what didn't. 
it ended up we developed a system. And in 2016, this is a massive shift in my life. And this was so important to our mindset now is that is I was so frustrated with my life because I was, I built, I essentially built a nine to five around myself, which is patience. I was trapped in a location, but I loved living as well. I love spear fishing and traveling. I got family that's getting older on the East coast. I got all these things, this world to experience and explore. And I'm like, not able to do it. And not only that, but I felt it was, I felt it was unfair and selfish to keep such a good model that we created available only to people within a short driving distance to our office. Yeah. I thought it was unfair. And it, I looked around, I didn't see anybody else standing. Like I didn't see, I, I didn't see healthcare representing the best interest of, of every person. I didn't see it happening. And, it, and then we started researching more and Peter Solve and a different world health organization that, I mean, you're more likely to enter healthcare and leave worse. Yeah. And there's so many obstacles in the way of people, people's improvement, people, their insurance, they think it's there to help them. It may be, but it actually is a limiter along with the commute, the lack of community. All of these aspects, regardless of how great our system was, there were obstacles that people kept running into that they would they would lose it. They would come in, they go on vacation. We never see them again. The commute, they couldn't do it. The insurance, the upfront. So I go, screw it. We're, we're turning this thing into an online company and we're going to build something that will – help people achieve the best possible results. We're going to build it for that first, period. We're going to build their best results, build this whole company around what's best for them. And son of a bitch, we spent a year. I took a year to have the clinic and to build this. And then we eventually sold the clinic, Cali Spine, uh, which is still operated today. And and that is essentially what's become Move You. And that whole year transition taught me what it really takes to be successful because it was like a 100% all in, eliminate every distraction in my life, 100% focus. We're making it, it's life a success or death of mediocrity. But that ultimate mindset is what, and I, in, I, every book I've read from all the greats who've succeeded, every like the Einsteins, the, the da, da Vinci's, the Steve Jobs and, and Elon Musk, this mindset that they've used to, to, to create excellence in their life and change lives to others. I go, this is the missing link with, with is because healthcare doesn't offer that to people. They go, oh, try this, try for twice a week for six weeks, see how it works. No one succeeds with that mindset. It doesn't work. Not, not if people want to achieve excellence and not just mediocre shit. So we don't stand for that shit anymore. That try, see how it works. No, 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 no. You must live this way. Apply these principles to everything you do. And now that has become the philosophy of move you. And that, and underneath that philosophy and mindset is the move you program and everything, how we speak, how we communicate and all the success. So, and then here we are today, about 1.3 years after the birth of move you. Amazing story. I love it. There's a load of stuff in there that resonates a lot with us as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so one thing I really like about about what you guys do and how you structure your the, the information that you give out in your program is it's very much around accountability. You're putting the tools in people's hands and saying, right, right, you've got. I'm giving you the information. You've got to go and play a part of this. And that's the thing that I think we find. And because our background, I've worked as a strength and condition coach in, in Paralympic sports specifically for the last sort of ten years. And the big things that we see over the time is is, um, is around accountability of people. And those that are successful are the ones that actually take the information and go and do something with it. But it's it's hard because there's sometimes people just don't want to do that, and it's um, and we've kind of Jack and I've talked a lot about it as well over time with athletes, and you can't get the changes that you want to see and, and that sort of thing, and you, you kind of come back to well, we can give the information, but you can't make people change unless they want to change, they won't change no matter how you wrap it up. How have you guys kind of experienced that, and and how have you grown to kind of get people to be um, more accountable and actually take the initiative and the ownership of the, their own movement and their own health and well-being and actually go and be proactive about changing it great question because i I do believe we've uncovered a rock i believe we've like turned over a stone that that i don't know many people that have that that we've been able to help people successfully do that you want to talk about the community Uh, or whatever else you want to say well i was going to say that the a lot of the people that join our program have been dosed by our instagram for about a year year and a half a lot of them they've, they've been looking at that content and they realize that it does take effort now, we, we do have a webinar, and in the webinar, we really talk about the process that it's going to take. And in a way, it, it really separates the people out who are kind of interested versus the people that are ready to do the process. 
So once they get into the program, then we have a community set up there to help support them. And in that community, we've got people who've, who've been there since 2016, and it really comes down to the, the veterans of the community supporting the newcomers that come in because they've all had setbacks. It is crucial to have setbacks in life in every facet of life, whether it's your body, your business, your relationship, because it's those setbacks that you're going to get stronger and learn from. Every failure is something to learn from. So people usually freak the hell out when they have a failure, and it's those veterans in this community that are like, wait a minute, this is this is important. Now, this is stuff I used to say, but it's way more powerful for them to say it to, to the new members than it is for myself to say it. When we say they, I mean someone might come in and have a freakout moment, and not only the veterans, we're talking 15, 20 people come in and show different angles of it. So it actually becomes this thing like, whoa, everybody's gone through this. It's part of it. And then they eventually become part of that culture as well, which is really the community is it's blown our mind with how much power is behind it. And we're actually we just had a, a move you party, like a move you event where we had like 40 movers come from some flew in. But like, wow, this community concept is probably the number one accountability tool that, that's been created. Awesome. Yeah, we've had it with, with the calisthenics going from, as, as you, you described yourself, Andrew, you said before you used to be a meathead and, um, and just lift yeah. weights any old how. And um, my background before getting into coaching was um, I was a professional rugby player. Um, you guys, you got not a huge amount of rugby in, um, in yeah, America, no. but, you know, the sevens is pretty big. You USA rugby team a little bit, dude. Your sport is freaking awesome, dude. And you guys know how to drink. You guys know how to beat the shit out of each other to <laughs> party with each other hard i can't even keep up with you guys man um, that, <laughs> that 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 uh, yeah it's probably that probably ended my career i had a head injury that ended my career um which ah. wasn't a nice sort of uh, end to it but um but i always thought after playing rugby i was going to just as like sort of andrew said like just get jacked and just lift weights and get like i loved that side of training um but when that was taken away in in the the, the performance side of the training like what you're training for I sort of lost that motivation to train and going into the calisthenics and, as you say, that community side of things with calisthenics, is, is very, there's lots of things that are different to, you know, in terms of using your own body weight and you're trying to learn new things and move in different ways, which is interesting part of it. I'm sure we'll get more into that later when we're talking about, like, in, in terms of things that are related, move you and calisthenics. But the, the whole community side of things where you're not doing squatting with your headphones on and just sort of ignoring everyone, you're actually there, there, a community comes about because people are, you're problem solving, you're going, you're doing some handstand work, for instance, someone else is doing some, like, sort of, you just sort of merge together and just sort of, um, you know, someone might be learning something else, and, and that whole that whole community side that we've experienced in calisthenics, and then, like you said, Mike, like, taking that online and seeing that, like, when it goes on, when you go online with it, you could just go across the world and you're like talking to people all over the place. It's crazy. So you're really, you've had great experience with that community as well with the power of the community. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's one of the, that's like a, that's one of the nice things about, um, about what we've done with calisthenics and obviously what you guys are doing. And the other thing about that is you're talking about something that's more powerful than just training. You're talking about the effect it's going to have on like someone's outlook on life. Like that's, you know, we talk about trying to learn human flag or even Mike, you said before off air, like, oh yeah, I'd love to learn to do a handstand. Like that's one cool part of it. But actually like what else, what else are you benefiting um, in terms of just like as a human enriching, enriching your life? And that might be a bit too fluffy for some people, but like it's genuinely there when you buy into it. Well, Jack, what you're saying is, is a challenge that we currently are have faced and are seeking to overcome is that, is that people think they want out of pain. Um, that's what they think they want. They want it to go away. But that's like, that's equivalent to saying, I want to be rich. Okay, well, the process to becoming wealthy, that process, it is a process. It's not magic. And it usually starts with offering something unique to help others, to make the world a better place, something unique and different. And then, and then but that requires an inner motivation to, to actually see that through. And the result of that is that wealth and pain is equivalent. It's yeah. You want out of pain. The process out of pain is this process works consistently. Nearly every single time involves you 
seeking, like, what is the deep motivator? Why is this important to you? And following these path, this path about learning these subtle body movements, applying them and integrating them to every movement of your life all the time. The result of that slowly over time is that the conscious awareness becomes that process and the pain disappears because the body, the body is, first of all, the body is centering, balancing, and finally it's able to heal because an unbalanced body produces uneven distribution of weight, which causes uneven wear and tear, like a car tire that's out of balance. So by focusing on balancing the frame, understanding setbacks, using those as part of understanding setbacks, accepting them and learning from those is not only part of fixing your body, but it's part of life. Yeah. You talk about finding root causes of things, which it just reminds me of, it's going to open potentially a slightly can of worms in terms of um have you, have you come across um like functional medicine in america yes um like my wife is into that um and it, it's very it's small real small in the uk but that one analogy um uh, chris gresser if you heard of him he's sort of fronting it up in america quite a bit that um he talks about like root causes in terms of medicine and uh, talking about um he used a nice little nudge that I really liked where he goes, if someone goes to the doctor and they've got pain in their foot at the moment, what we do is we give them some painkillers for the pain to take the pain away. Um, we're actually what functional, what he tries to do with functional medicine is he's talking about, he goes, he takes your shoe off and realizes that there's a rock in your, a stone in your shoe and you take the, you take the stone out. Um, uh... And it might, you know, it might be that it's something to do with like their gut health or it could be any sort of thing like that rather than we're talking about physical stuff with you guys. But it just, that whole idea of like, getting down to root causes of things. And with the, like you say, with the pain, it's around like movement, how you're actually moving, how things are aligned, which sort of moves in nicely to some of the stuff that we've been trying to learn with um, calisthenics. And I, I like your guy's story where you're talking about, you haven't, your story isn't, oh, we, uh, yeah, we came up with this thing and it's just flipping amazing. Um, and it was, it was dead easy to get there. No, you're talking about the, the process that you'd been through in terms of, trying things your chiropractor like working through things not working getting really badly injured andrew and then like having to work through that and that's made you who you are now um and we've done the same thing with our calisthenics we wanted to learn some new things we had no idea how to do a human flag or a handstand it felt completely impossible it's why we talk about redefining our impossible or redefining your impossible um and we had to make loads of mistakes along the way of getting there but as a result of that process we've become or we feel that we've become better coaches to coach someone like i can teach you how to do a handstand in probably 10 times faster than i'd learn um, which is actually frustrating for me <laughs> but it's cool to watch when someone because if you haven't struggled it's very hard to teach it to other people right yeah. well if you have if you haven't struggled and overcome that we've learned that we're much better i mean was like I feel like we can't we can only guide people as far up the trail up the mountain as we are and most doctors physicians chiros pts they've never put the work in they put the work into school but they never put the work into their body or the or they never put the work into being truly great with themselves so whenever they try to describe it they just they point out some they try to guide people through a theory not through experience mm -hmm. and people know People just know. Yeah. I know they know because I used to guide. I used to try to guide people from where I was before. We couldn't even get one intern back in the day. And now we have thousands of people that want to work with us. Yeah. Why? Because people know. Yeah. Yeah. It's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, so I want to just shift gears a little bit. Let's get technical. Um, let's do it. Let's help your people. Let's help your clients out. Let's with help some the people. Um, so it's interesting just to give you some background of where, again, where we came from. Jacko just mentioned again, we both used to play rugby. I've had two slap repairs on my shoulder. So multiple dislocations, um, the human flag position overhead externally rotated was exactly where I used to dislocate. Um, not pleasant, uh, progressively got worse until I had the final operation. And calisthenics has been the one thing which I've done apart from stopping playing rugby, which is a fairly big, um, cause I think, uh, but my shoulders are now like they feel bomb proof, but a lot of people get in touch with us and they, they've got shoulder issues, particularly, and it's a super complex joint, um, and I want to pick your guys' brains about um, shoulder architecture, why we have problems with it, um, common issues, and just open up whatever comes flowing out of those amazing brains of yours and just tell us about the shoulder and how we need to look after it and improve it um, so it can be robust and we can challenge it with whatever it is that we want to do with it, life, calisthenics, human flags, sure. rock climbing, whatever. Well, to start off, 
um, things are only complex until you understand how simple they really are. Yeah. Albert Einstein's, if, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. And the shoulder was a joint that I found complex myself for up until the last couple of years. But really, it's it's actually um, where he would explain it more simply than ever. I think Andrew's the best one to – Andrew has his, his knowledge of movement – He's he's gone above me, and I've just like I'm like you. That's your route. <laughs> you do that now. <laughs> well, um, I mean, the first thing I'm going to say is don't just focus on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, that is one of the biggest mistakes in all medicine and all pain. Uh, in any injury is okay. I have shoulder pain. I'm going to focus on working on shoulder external rotation, rotator cuff stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, but. The shoulder can't be put in the right position if if your core positioning is out. If your ribs are sticking out, it's it's an issue. And because the ribs are sticking out, it's going to cause your pelvis to arch in one direction or the other. And then your knees are going to collapse and your feet are going to be flat. So it's it's the actions throughout the day, not just not just during the calisthenics, that can actually contribute to whatever shoulder injury you have. So being aware of all these positions throughout your body, including the head, I missed that one, the head position. Uh, these like six checkpoints. I want to go over the six checkpoints. Six checkpoints is going to be having having the toes spread, the feet activated, so they rotate the legs outward. The pelvis is in a neutral position. That's up for you, up to you guys to not arched, find out. Not tucked underneath, but middle. Middle. Now, when you're in that position, that's that's a great position for the the glutes to engage and rotate the legs outward. So you're stabilizing the pelvis, stabilizing the knees, stabilizing the feet. On top of that, pulling the ribs down into the core slightly. That's going to help just align the core. It doesn't mean you need to brace. And then the other one, being able to rotate the, the shoulder blades down. So we do this, this rotation stuff a lot on Instagram mm-hmm. recently where the, the shoulder blade is rotating. We press the armpit forward. That's basically putting the shoulder in the down and back position. So you don't have to think about pulling it down and back. It just does it all in one motion. And then on top of that, you've got, if you can imagine, the sixth checkpoint would be a string attached to the top of the head. You pull that string up and you're reaching the, the crown of the head up to the ceiling or the sky, and that's lengthening the spine. So with these six checkpoints activated and applying them even when you're hanging from a bar or upside down. Or opening a refrigerator. Or, or picking up your, your kids. Or over a fence because it's being chased by a dog. So, <laughs> doing a, yeah. Or doing a podcast. Or doing, doing a, a podcast. podcast. These these checkpoints, being aware of them throughout your day, are going to make a massive difference for your shoulder, not just in your training. So that's the first thing I'm going to say is focus on the entire body. As far as the shoulder, it really it doesn't have to be that complicated. Like I, I don't even really pay attention to the structures. When we have people come into our program, they're like, I've torn my labrum. I have had surgery. I've had, um, I've separated both AC joints myself. I've had shoulder impingement on both <laughs> shoulders. Uh, I've been through this as well with, and I can attest same with him with shoulder injuries. Yeah. So being aware of those six checkpoints and then one of the hardest things for people to do in our program and for people to do when we ever, anytime we see them is to get their shoulder blades in the right position and hold it there throughout regular movements, even like a plank or a push up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even just basic movement. If they can't do it there, they're not doing a human flag. They are, they might, they might have the strength to do it, but if they can't apply it to a scapular push up on the ground, you guys familiar with that serratus push up, scapular push up. Uh, if they can't keep their blades from winging out or sticking out in that position, then they are not going to do it in any other position because yeah, yeah. that is the easiest one to do it in. Yeah, it's one of the things I like about calisthenics from a movement perspective is that you have to get these things right if you're going to create beautiful movement. Calisthenics mean beautiful strength. So if you're going to do a great handstand or you're going to do a beautiful human flag, you have to be able to um, create the right alignment, create the, the link through the chain, stack these structures up together and, and, and link it all into one thing and transfer force throughout that system. Um, exactly. And I think that's the one thing that we've really found from, like we go back to the accountability point, is that what calisthenics does for people is it creates a tangible outcome. So they want to do a handstand. So all of a sudden, there's now a reason for them to improve shoulder mobility, hip restriction, whatever it might be, because there's a, now there's a goal at the end of it. It's going back mm-hmm. to something you said earlier on, Mike, and, and it's something I've seen a long, for a long time working with, with athletes and clients, is that when they've got pain, they see the physio. 
when the pain has kind of subsided, they stop doing the exercises, but they've never actually fixed the main root cause of, of what was yes. going wrong in the first place. But pain's gone away, so you forget to do your, your rotations or whatever it is anymore that you're supposed to be doing. And that's one of the things that we, we found with calisthenics is it's, it's focused on something which is of more value to people. Um, because if they're not in pain, that's great. We don't want people to be. But if they're, they're also to help them to improve their general movement quality, let's put something which is pretty cool to do at the end of it. And, and all of a sudden, your movement, what we call is a movement preparation. We have a framework as well, a similar sort of thing where we're taking people through a stage. And the first thing we get people to do when they come in for a session or we're, they're working through their own training program is movement preparation. That's effectively the corrective type work that, that you guys talk about a lot. Um, which is where there's some great crossover for us, I think, on, on, on your methods and how we can share those with, with, with our community that they can start to implement that in their own training. Yeah. We, God, we, it, sounds, it sounds like when you start with the warm-up with them, you're, you're helping them properly position their body for yeah. that movement that they're going to be training. Mm. Yeah. yeah we, we are, the, the, our framework has like two simple pillars, movement and strength. And that, that movement part is like, have you got the can you create the shape that you're going to try and take your body into? And that includes like the correct scapular position for overhead. If you're going to do a, a handstand, for example, and then can we actually activate and fire the right muscles in the right order? Have we got the core in, in alignment for your body? And so some of it is a case of like, this is the right technique to be able to do it. Like you can do a handstand standing on your hands and be all over the place, but it's not as efficient and it's not beautiful strength as the word calisthenics comes from. Beautiful strength. But, um, um, Arching but then also back. then this, the, the strength part then comes into it of, of you might be super strong, you could be jacked, but if you haven't got the movement capability, yep. then and, and the stability aspect of that around the joint might be part of that. And you, and we, you often will get two things happen sometimes that when we're at workshops, one, like, I'm really strong, like, why can't I do that thing? And it's that you're actually you're missing what, what like half of half of this pillar. You're missing that the movement pillar. And then the other the other part of it becomes nice when we go. You get someone who's really strong. They've never done a human flag before. Had one actually um, in Edinburgh last week. Never done a human flag before. Um, he just actually moved, had the right moved, like had the right movement capabilities. Could create the right overhead shape. Um, was fairly well put together in terms of obviously he was doing some decent training. Um, was strong enough he just never been given his body the movement pattern as we we described like the movement pattern of like actually pushing pulling with opposite arms in the right position the technique. yes exactly we and then gave him that gave him some drills through that and he actually just did one there right there in front of us um and it almost looks like magic to people it's, it's a bit sometimes it's a bit harsh so there's you know there might be 10 other people there at the workshop and they're like Oh, why can't I do that though? But you know, it's just that, like learning, understanding which part, and this is what we tried to, reason we called ourselves a school in the first place is trying to educate people like, and it's what's nice with you guys, the same thing, educating people. So do you understand which part of this you're missing for your end goal, which might be flag, handsome, whatever. Um, and them actually knowing what it is that they're missing as part of that and then being able to address that themselves. That's similar to uh, similar to if we saw somebody with shoulder, let's say they have shoulder uh, shoulder pain, and we test their shoulder blade position in a scat push up, and it's there's some winging, and we just give them a couple cues, and they're able to properly position it quickly. They're, they have the physical, they have the they're mentally able to connect to the region and position it properly, yet they just haven't been they haven't known that that is what they were supposed to be doing. Rather than some people who are limited with scar tissue or movement where they need some other, they need to break things down or to mobilize an area before they can position it. Some people are just able to position it, but they just, and I think those are the easiest ones to work with. Yeah, well, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's the nice thing about your, your Instagram and why you've, uh, one of the reasons why you've done so, so, you know, grown so rapidly is that, um, those you give some very simple cues that are actually very effective to get people rather than you know you're not talking technically about the exact position you're trying to get your scapula in you say just scoop your arm underneath and this and then and then like you said Andrew before like you they'll find that position um, mm-hmm. and that's of that's of real value the, the 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 nice thing and the engaging thing about it is um, how you then present that between the two of you I remember the first video I saw was where you had the resistant band under your back and Mike had it going pulled up towards you your gonad shall we speak and it was um, <laughs> it was like if you if, like doing a dead bug so if he loses that it loses that core position then it's uh, you're in trouble so oh my god that was back in the day you remember that that was, you ages, remember that? Yeah, it was no. well back 
Okay, Andrew, there <laughs> what it was was you were on your back and you were pinning the band. Oh up, yeah, I got. It. And I was underneath Good. my balls. All <laughs> oh, right, right. That's great though. That's that creativity. Yeah. So you ever done something like that? Yeah. Wow. It makes and then and then but then drawing behind the back of all that is the substance of okay, like this is gonna this is gonna this works and this is going to fix you. Um, and I it, appreciate it, that. Cause I have more creativity so in there. Oh, and just, you know, the, you were move you, the you is university. So move university. Yeah, That's what the U is. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so just to, to kind of pick up on that, cause there's some really great stuff in there. If you, obviously people can go and check out your channels and they can look at your materials and you've got courses and stuff, which people can jump on board. Um, in terms of just some real quick, simple things, cause you, you kind of, we're talking about this, this kinetic chain, this whole system, what's, what's going on and what's causing the problems and people have got shoulder pain. And is it something that which is to do with flat feet? Um, how do people start understanding if you've got somebody who's listening to this for the first time and going, I've flipping got no idea that what's wrong, but I know that I've got pain. Yeah. Where do they even begin? Where to begin? So that's a good question. So we do have the, the Move You program is the flagship. That's where we've put. That's all the development over the last five, six years, and it's been revised just five, six, seven times. And the Move You program is a video training program with a community, and that program has 170 sequential training exercises. It, one must, it's not necessary to complete the whole program to improve. It's like any sport or calisthenics or, or learning a language or jujitsu that the more you put in, you'll start as you learn one skill, then you upgrade the next skill. And eventually the program in the process, it's not work anymore. It pulls you. It draws you towards it because it feels good and the results are noticeable and you actually can feel yourself building, laying foundational bricks down and stacking layers upon it. Therefore, people feel that they're making lifelong progress because they are. Yeah. These aren't quick fix techniques. These are skills to learn. And just like anything, whether you become a professional musician or learn a language, even if you don't practice these for years afterwards, you're always going to be able to quickly dive back in, know the process, understand it, and get back to where you are fast. That is the that is the ultimate guide. We created that because we didn't see that exist anywhere else. We've seen other yeah, we started with the big one. Yeah, we actually that's that's probably looking at hindsight, we probably wouldn't have done. We started with just the big dog, like boom. Boom. And now no free programs, nothing. Just here it is. Boom. <laughs> people do want a, or, or a lot of people want something that is um, less of an investment of time and money, less of one. And we've actually had some free programs up before. And what, what we've been carving out with our recent, we teach workshops as well. So, we, and also if we go and speak at a, a public venue or an event, we teach these six checkpoints. And the six checkpoints are the simple, like Andrew mentioned, your foot, your glute, your pelvic control, your core, your shoulder blade positioning, and your head positioning. Learning each one of these independent of the other and then learning how to connect all the dots. And when you can connect all six dots head to toe, it is a – there is a light bulb aha moment that occurs and people must just go, wow. Yeah. They feel now connected head to toe to their body. And from that connection – from that point, people then would either choose to want to learn more about this by enrolling in the program, or they're able to now understand where their severe limitation is and to pinpoint those specific movements through our, we have something called a quick fix library, mm-hmm. which is all of our videos we've ever done. They're neatly organized on movie.com backslash quick fix. When is this going to be published? A few weeks. Okay, it's likely that around that time, would you say three weeks that we'll have our new free our new free program up? I would never say that. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little overzealous. I'm like, three yeah. Weeks, when, so three months. Elon said when he started Tesla, he's like, seven months we'll have that spaceship up. Seven years later, I don't think it's going to take seven years, uh, but it's likely going to be within the next sixty days that we'll have our free six checkpoint program up. And available is a it's a public service. It's meant to be a public service tool yeah. for people, so they can go. Where do I start? Where just start here. Just quit asking us all these damn questions. Just start here. Shut up. So yeah. <laughs> Seriously, people. What about my L five herniation? I, we understand everyone's diagnosis, but the a diagnosis is only an opinion about you 
given to you from a doctor. It's an opinion. Mm -hmm. And really, even if that opinion were true, a diagnosis is simply the symptoms that resulted from the culmination accumulation of incorrect imbalances over time. So even by identifying that diagnosis, it still leaves people blank on what to do because it is that's the, that's the tip of the iceberg. So, and it scares people. It scares people. I'm now broken. I knew I had something wrong. I have her a herniated disc. I have. I have. Now I can't. I can't. I can't. Which is bullshit. And uh, <laughs> it's bullshit. It is. It's all bullshit. It really is. People man. prove it in our program every day. People prove it in their program, and Andrew did as well that those are all meant to be overcome and it's a choice. You have to choose not to accept to live the lifestyle that is supposed to happen to go with that diagnosis. But people also, realistically, they need a plan because the only reason they had that diagnosis is because they've been doing some wrong. And if they knew what to do, they would have done it a long time ago. People need a plan to go with that. It sounds like and you're frustrated with, 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 with a lot. Of, I can imagine you get a lot of questions. We, 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 have, <laughs> we have had questions like, you're like this one. Does Will Handstands make my hair grow? Oh, yeah, right. I get how... <laughs> Handstands make my hair grow. Mm, and does calisthenics make I, you taller? We get how to... How, will this stuff make me taller? Will this stuff make my penis grow? <laughs> um, we had that one. Yeah, yeah the answer to that. Many times. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Give a shot. I'm like, it's we didn't I mean, we didn't attend the program <laughs> to solve any erectile problems yet. The possibility. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all of those things happening are possible just because of the you know we do work on the pelvic floor in the program. That can be an issue for men in regards to that. So yes. Um, people do get taller in the program just because they've been sitting for 37 yeah, years yeah, and they're, they're rounded forward and now they stand up taller. It's not yeah. that they're growing. It's just they're improving <laughs> posture and overall function. We don't want to mislead people by any means. Uh, well, hey. <laughs> I had an interesting conversation with a guy. I sat next to a train. I was on the way to Manchester last week and I got chatting to a guy on the train. And um, he actually dropped something which I really liked, a phrase, and, and he was talking, I was telling him about what I do and, and swimming and like, I do some work in swimming and calisthenics and blah, blah, blah. Um, and he was talking, he's in a, physically he was in a, in a pretty bad state, bad knee injury from skiing and, and blah, blah, blah. And he started talking about this concept of actually people have got no issue financially of putting money away for their, for their retirement in their pension. And he says, he says, so what you're doing is you're putting, you're investing in your physical pension. And I was like, that's a really good way yeah. of putting it in. and that's yeah. the same as what you guys are doing and actually going rather than thinking about okay well i'm going to do this one thing until it stops hurting like i love that i asked you the question about um like where do people start and it's actually like you need to think about this as a whole system it isn't an individual part of these are the best three exercises for shoulder pain you Doesn't actually exist. need to go to the kinetic chain the whole body these different checkpoints and go right let's break this down and i'm going to invest in this as a longer term process to extend my functional abilities into later life to, to stave off um, injuries, to become more robust, to live the life that I want to live with my kids and my family. And, and I just think that's a, it's really revolutionary in many ways. And it shouldn't be. And often the simplest things um, strikers and kind of come out of left field and we go, well, of course that's, that's obvious, but it's not um, because people want a quick fix and A to B in a straight line. And, and actually we, we talk a lot about, we started off with the messaging around enjoying the journey and, and actually earning the right to progress. Um, and until you've done that, you actually don't get to move forwards. Um, but people kind of, we teach a lot of workshops and um, we'll get guys come in and guys and girls behave a little bit differently in our workshops. So we'll go, right, here's five steps towards a human flag. And we'll show them the steps, for example. And the guys, nine times out of 10, will start at step five and then work <laughs> backwards until they find the one that they can actually do. Whereas the girls go, what's step one? And we show them that and they do that and they go, oh, that's it. I, I can do step one. What's step two? And they're just so much more intelligent about it. Um, wow. I'm like, when I get something in the mail, it's, I'm like, I don't need these instructions. It's like a simple, wow. I never thought about that. Yeah. What's step five? Let me just try this human flag. Yeah, yeah. It's like just getting the biggest tool out of the shed. Surely this is the way to do it. <laughs> well, what you said is interesting. There's a word I was just at. Do uh, you guys follow Andy Frisella at all? No. Follow him. His podcast is, you guys will connect with him. There's a line. One step, one millimeter above that line is no pain. One millimeter below it is pain. And the further you go downward, 
the more pain there is. And the further you go upward, the further you are away from that pain line. And many people, what occurs is they dip so far down into this pain that they're the line they they must complete a process to start moving it's not they cannot simply go above the line and that chase to do that often leads to short-term results as in injections to make it go away surgeries to make it go away but as you know there's earned earned progress is creates results that last just like 70% of people that win the lottery go bankrupt. They never earned it. Yeah. The, yeah. the earning is the result of the process and failing and improving because it's worth something then. And this result, people make, Oh, I just want out of pain, but they've never worked for it. And now healthcare often stops. And even if they're able to get there, it, it stops when somebody's out of pain, which means if you're one millimeter above the pain line, you are one step off the curb wrong away from being in pain. Again, you've given yourself no, what's the words you use? You've given yourself no retirement, no pension, physical pension. You've given yourself none. Now the people, the, the movers in our program who have, who they've risen, they've, they've risen, <laughs> rised, I rised. They've rised. Andrew, help me. He's Keep gone. <laughs> <laughs> they've moved so far away from that pain line that they now have durability where, you know what they could do? They can um, be skiing and just hit a jump and land on their freaking shoulder and be like, you know what? I'm okay. Yeah. Because they've created this durability because they may have moved downward five pegs, but pain is still four more pegs down from that. Mm. And so they've created a durability because most people have utilized and failed a healthcare. They, they pain yo-yos. They've never experienced the possibility. They've never experienced this durability that's possible for every human being. I'm intrigued. What is the healthcare like for you guys out in the UK? Because we're talking about it from a US standpoint. Free. Free. What does that mean? But that comes with, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, do you what do you think it means? Yeah, yeah. So it comes with, with probably hands off. From a physiotherapy perspective, let's take that as an example. It's fairly hands off. So people are, they can get a referral from a, a GP doctor to go and see a physiotherapist. It may take some amount of time. Um, and they will then probably get fairly hands off physiotherapy for the most part because there isn't the. The, um, the amount of resource for people to actually be able to get real kind of like one-to-one attention on a regular basis. Um, so we see this a lot. Like a friend of mine at the moment is um, is struggling with some, with a shoulder issue. She's got always pain in the shoulder, but she's had physio. She's got exercises to go away. She doesn't really do them that often or that well, and she doesn't know how to move. She's just not got a history of moving. Um, so she's not when she's doing the exercises. She it's not of high points. quality. She does. She needs to move you. Um, so, but yeah, so there's a few complications around that. And it's amazing that if I got hit by a car, I'm going to hospital and, and the, yeah. the NHS will put me back together for free. Um, That's right. It's the the it's job amazing, of it is to get you back to being able to... One millimetre above the pain Yeah, line. basically. I mean, yeah. but, but saying that, like, I, I, I played rugby 13 years. I broke my foot, my hand, my cheekbone, dis, uh, dislocated AC joint, broke my scapula in two places... Head injury. You guys have had a field day with like <laughs> broken most things, and all of all of uh, everything that I had done, all my operations was always everything I had done was on the NHS. To be fair, um, HS. So uh, uh, the National Health Service said so the free, so it's oh. free. Yeah. So that so you know it gets a, ba- a lot of people bash it, but to be fair, it's, it's amazing. It, yeah. 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 But um, but their job is not to get you back to peak performance, like to, you know, because they just don't have the capacity to, to piece do that. you back together again. Yeah. yeah, just so that you can yeah walk out the door. My, my sister's a physiotherapist. She works in, in pediatrics with acquired brain injuries, um, and so she and then we. So I know that the, the system from her perspective, and they're under pressure. They don't have yeah. the resource that they need because there's so many people wanting to access it. And oh. the, the irony is, if people were a little bit more took a bit more ownership and accountability of their own movement, then there, there would be. A massive reduction in the in the um, and the demands on on a free health service because people were were fixing themselves effectively, which is which is core about your message. So, well, that's um, the vision that we see as well, and we yeah. li- we likely will move into the into the edu- into the early childhood educational systems mm-hmm. uh, eventually because uh, we believe that's where it's easier to teach there teach that at that yeah, point. Yeah. Have Great. you guys ever hooked up with um, Kelly Starrett from Mobility Ward? 
Not yet, but I mean, I've definitely been inspired by Kelly over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Kelly back in 10 years ago was... That's They're not interested. Oh, they're not interested. Oh, yeah, we messaged them. What oh, did they oh. say? We messaged both of them? <laughs> they said, got like, the rejection. Like yeah. They yeah. said, it looks like you guys are having fun down there. Bye. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, all right. I'm going to ask you a question based on that, actually, because one thing I wanted to talk to you about. So um, reading the research around mobility, changes in range of movement around joints, and, and I think I know where you're going to go, but I'm going to ask it and risk being ridiculed by you uh, yeah. because you made so much as a daft question. Um, but we don't, from my understanding of the, the research on, on stretching, for example, we don't really know what's going on. So are we changing muscle length? Are we changing neuro tissue? Are we changing fascia? Are we changing joint capsule? What are, what is responsible for change of movement or change in range of movement around a joint? Um, so as a result, we have lots of different tools. We can static stretch, active stretch. We can we can roll. I see. I saw you guys this week. Of you've got the Theragun. We can smash and pound, and um, we've got all these different options. And, and someone is struggling with restriction and range of movement. We obviously have the Kettic chain checkpoints to to go in and go. Okay, well, why is it? Um, but in terms of say we've isolated a reason and we've got a muscle or a restriction around a, a joint, what is your take on, or your methodology around trying to improve range of movement once we've isolated the problem? I would Andrew handle that. Sure. So again, we're going to keep it super simple. Do your stretches. Do your massaging. Whatever the hell you want to do, that's going to help. Sp- increase the range of motion temporarily. Otherwise, it'll just snap right back to where it was the next day when you wake up. You've got to follow up your stretching and mobility with the end range strengthening techniques or just strengthening the weak muscles that you have in the body, which, you know, the hamstrings are weak. The mid back is weak. Um, even, even the neck position, the front of your neck is weak. Uh, the core is weak. So just the hip flexors are usually weak as well. Strengthening those weak muscles is pretty much going to improve your range of motion and reduce any imbalances. Done. Perfect. Love that. Yeah. And it's a, yeah. a lot of that stuff can be improved just doing the the six checkpoints. Yeah, I mean, we just through workshops and through our experiences, someone will raise their arm up and you know I'm sure you guys were, are seeking about, about 180 degrees straight up angle yeah. with that arm, and let's say they're 150. And it, it often occurs that that shoulder blade position is not shoulder proper. doesn't even move. Doesn't even the blade doesn't even move. So training people to pull that scap down, and that scap is paired tandem with that arm. As that scap goes down, it clears up the range of motion in the joint for the arm to move upwards. Yeah. And so yeah. we'll see increases of 10, 15 degrees just by increasing that. That. And I also understand we maybe we're a little bit biased, but we do focus on the movie is, a, is yeah. primarily a strength based program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We primarily train strength because we do believe and we've seen evidence and the research supports that strengthening an area will open up the type it will open up the tight muscles well and strengthen the weak so it's more efficient. And most people that stretch they they already are in poor position so they're just stretching into poor position. stretching into a poor position which is is likely not going to produce the results they want it's not an efficient use of time. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a follow-up question, but I haven't got one. Cause I, yeah, yeah, we're on the same page, answer. I think. Yeah. All four of us. It's not like there's a fifth person in there. Too. So do you guys have a program? We started off with focusing on specific movements. So it might be that you want to learn a human flag or a handstand. So we wrote a training program around that. Um, and within those, there are like, sort of, a, in essence, our movement preparation section would be around preparing the body to move, um, taking the same things as what you guys have talked about. If we've got someone who's sat at a desk for 50 hours a week and they want to come and do a human flag, then we need to do something to help them to create some range of movement. So we, we will use some fixes around that, like you say, to create a temporary range of movement. But then we're also then because we're then able to get into end range positions we're then strengthening in those end range positions um, and starting to especially like take handstand for example if we're going to try and get people to to get full range of shoulder flexion we're then starting to put exercises in which are strengthening their ability to hold that shape so we 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 see that as a complementary process as well so there's a lot of kind of like training process from a strength and conditioning perspective underpinning our um, programs but they look like they're moving towards a specific outcome um, but all the time, we also have another another guy called, we call it strength and play. We like the idea that training should be fun um, and getting strong should be fun. And calisthenics offers you the opportunity to move in different ways. And therefore, you have more movement options. So rather than just doing pull-ups in a normal position, can we do like typewriter pull-ups? So we're starting to yeah. create these different positions and challenge the shoulder in different ways. Um, 
So it, it's kind of a, a very sort of diverse and, and rounded approach to movement, but it has these specific tangible outcomes which um, which give people something to work towards. And it's just a, like, we started off very much around doing a human flag is just cool and it looks great when you put it on your Instagram photo. Um, yeah. But it was also down to the fact that it, it was, for us, we experienced the fact of like working towards a goal. Like there is a time, there's what, there's a day where you couldn't do a flag and then the next day is when you do it for the first time. And it's, right. you know, those days are cool. Um, but as well, it's giving you, in terms of people's, adherence to their training motivation to do something rather than going you know we're, we're trying to break the world record for most number of people doing a handstand on saturday so well, actually when this goes live it'll be it'll have happened but um yeah that's awesome it was because one of the things we, we launched right. it 198 yeah we launched it at christmas because i hate it when people you know news resolutions um sorry jonathan and Aaron, news resolutions i want to get fitter or i want to lose weight and and it's just not a um, there's, there's, it's not there's a not tangible clear answer. direction with yeah, a goal. It's, exactly. There's nothing tangible or measurable. I mean, when the guys, people are coming to you, they're coming with it. They've got, you know, I've got shoulder pain. I want to get rid of it. Like they, they, they know what that is, and when it's gone, they know that it's gone. So they have that. Not always though. That, that also is very. That that's not a solid goal either. Being out of pain, people may think it is, but it's that's also not one that we 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 we, we gently nudge people away from those goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like you guys. Like you said, there's there's the, you know, it's the, the the Gandhi quote: "Your thoughts become your actions, actions become your words, words become your behaviors, behavior becomes your destiny." And if your thoughts become your words, and your words are, "I want to lose weight or become more fit," that's your destiny. But there's no there's no clarity to that goal. It leaves it, it's a very foggy goal, and it's likely people are going to bounce, people will divert from that goal and and shift to something else, as if as though a goal like a human flag. Or being able to squat properly yeah. or do proper scat push up. These are ones that they can tangible measure and they can go, yeah, they can feel it. We, enc- we encourage people that um, we're interested in what our bodies can do and, and we want to encourage people to, to, to think more like that rather than a lot of the fitness space is based around what your body looks like as opposed to what can it, yeah. what can it do. And, you know, we, when you, some of the stuff that I like you guys talk about is, um, longevity and like what you know what's my what are our bodies going to be like when we're 50 60 can we still do a handstand well why not like if we're doing things effectively and looking after our body and we're moving well there's no reason why as we get older that longevity is still is still there jacko's got this thing he said to me the other week uh, you know those like old dudes that are like still shredded like gray hair yeah. bold but like tanned and flipping ripped not big but just like rippo like jack is yeah. like i don't know if i want to look like that when i get old i'm like why not i totally want to look like that when i get old and just be like swagging about doing handstands looking shredded at like 65 70 years old why not in, in speedos possibly by then i won't care I think Jack was this image of him in a Speedo at 70. That's, I think the Speedo is the problem. You don't have to wear a Speedo at 70. <laughs> He's written a note down here about penis enlargement that would move you. So I think... <laughs> he said the, 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 did you say the pelvic floor, was it? Yeah, he's, that's the one takeaway that he's got from this whole conversation. Right. Oh, jeez, no. oh, here we go. That is not going to happen. It's going to stay the same size. It's going to stay the same size. So we're going to wrap this up, guys, because we may have lost an audience already. But um, we're an hour in. Um, and we'll let you guys yeah. crack on with the rest of the day because I, I feel like there's so much uh, that we could dig into and um, definitely would be if, if we can make it over stateside and, and you'd have us we'd love to come and, uh, and, oh, and teach you guys are freaking awesome you crazy yeah, come teach us how to do it we share such a similar it's, it, it, it occurs to me that like we let's say for example you guys teach people on step there's six steps to a human flag just for uh, something to measure you guys eat to be under six foot well, hold on. And my point is you guys teach – you guys balance your energy and teach steps one through six equally where we focus on helping people achieve steps one, two, and 2.5. Yeah. We focus on those two and you guys diverse it. So there's such a overlap. We don't take people to that level of progression that you do. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, it's a super awesome progression for people that want more. I know damn yeah. well people in the program, our yeah, program. Be ready to go. They, yeah. After they complete phase two, they're going to be like, oh, I want – we don't know how to teach that shit. And they're so obsessed with body movement exercises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's people on our program before they squat properly. I mean they're in for five, six months often before they're actually – starting to squat again they're, they're cleaning up their their basic movements mm. for that long for squatting so mm-hmm. then 
adding in human flag. That'd be a super cool add-on option for us to put. Yeah. We should do that in a phase two. We could put Cal, school calisthenics as an guys. option. You guys, you guys are awesome. Because then, like I say, we build it. Like we, we've intentionally, people have talked to us about, you're going to do low body programs. And we haven't gone down that route because I feel like we've got so much that we need to do from a movement perspective to, to fix people's lower body movement mechanics. So I don't want to teach people pistol squats until I've actually can be confident that we've given them enough um, to stabilize their, the pelvis, the knee and the ankle properly. And people are like, oh yeah, we'll just teach us. I'm like, yeah, but it's Pandora's box. Like as soon as we start opening this stuff out, there's a whole stuff. And, and you guys are a beautifully placed for us to go, do this yeah. and then when you've done that we'll teach you whatever you want because we know that you've got you you're going to be moving on a on a really strong foundation which can handle these extreme end joint range positions or some of the stuff that we find in calisthenics which is which is kind of not your normal kind of safety day-to-day movements but it is safe if you've got a great structure to, to work that's with. right anything safe people are like is this dangerous is crossfit dangerous is calisthenics well anything's dangerous if you're not moving correctly in it mm-hmm. Anything is, and some things are more carry more risk, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yet, you're right though. You go walking, going into calisthenics with a solid base, that puts them in a very safe. Because when people understand the limitations of their body, they know where the limits are. Mm-hmm. The only people that ask something if they're safe when they go, "Is this safe?" I already know they're not connected with their body. Yeah. Because if they were, they wouldn't have to ask that question. Yeah. So we're going to go and start our lean bulk, so that we can come and we can take our shirts off with Andrew. You can stick stuff on us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Wait till you see these two rugby guys. I'm telling you, I don't know if you party with rugby guys. I don't know if they still what they still have left in their just, tank. Just say English. <laughs> Even if it's half of what the rugby guys party, I'm telling you, dude, we're gonna end up in a ditch. No, yeah, yeah, no, no, don't we? Like literally, we probably treat ourselves to a glass of wine once a month. We are not that anymore. Yeah, me too. Oh, good. Yeah. You treat a glass of wine yeah. once a month, Andrew. Glass of red. We can just bore ourselves about talking about kinetic chain and fascia. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, we've turned into a couple of nerds with that too ourselves, so we'll get along just We're great. Te- can I just tee you up, uh, t- like a take, like your final sort of take-home uh, message? I'm just really conscious that um, a lot of a lot of people, when when we went way back and we went oh, you know, that sh- that pain in your shoulder or whatever, it might not be coming from your shoulder. For, for a lot of people, I'd be pretty sure that they'll be like, what do you mean? It could come from my pelvis or it could come from my foot. Like, I was lucky, one of the physios that I worked with when I played rugby was, he was down with that years ago. And we used to we used to mock him quite a lot hard for it, like going, you know, you'd go in with a shoulder problem and he'd be like, hey, can you take your trousers off? I need to look at your flipping foot or whatever. And everyone would just laugh at him. <laughs> but, he would, but he would fix us. Um, and so, what, like... For somebody that was that was hearing that for the first time, going like it just ch- just challenging them in their mind, going like really like what's your what would be your take home what would be your your sort of message to them to go like you know it, to encourage them that actually they need to look at look open their sort of mind that it actually it might not be directly where the pain is. So what's the first message that we can give people to explore their entire body and kinetic chain? Rather than fall into the trap of isolation. Mm, yeah. What do you say, Andrew? Well, I mean, a couple things. Each of our Instagram videos is usually going over one of those six checkpoints, and sometimes it goes over all of them. And then, yeah, we're going to have another free program going over the six checkpoints in the next few weeks. Um, that'll, that'll just help kind of give them just test it. They can take yeah. video of themselves yeah. and be like, wow, I do not look like that. Yeah. So you can and encourage them to, to, to try it out basically and, and, and test the water. Course. And go, yeah. You've yeah, got yeah, to definitely. test it yourself and see it yourself. That's yeah. one of the most important things. Like for the people in our, our community and our group, they aren't just doing the stuff on themselves. They're posting videos to the group and they're analyzing themselves and other people. When you can start to see it and you start walking around the mall yeah. and you're like, wow, all these people, their shoulder blades, this guy's right shoulder blades actually rotated <laughs> forward. These people you're who, in it then. who are accountants at the age of 56 are seeing things better than most PTs and chiros that I know. Yeah, and it. it's that that's it's super powerful. So here here's a good indicator for any of any of the listener, any of the listeners with the six checkpoints. If you are able to walk in a mall airport and and notice people's when their feet arches collapse in, when their knees buckle in, 
whenever they their back is arched. their back is arched their hips are tucked under their shoulder blades are rotated around and rolled a head is shifted right and left you can see their ribs sticking if up. you see their ribs sticking if these are things that you generally notice when you walk around you're likely to be connected with your body if you never see any of that you will not see that in yourselves every single person at the mall has got something going on every single one if you don't see any of it then you're not there yet. you're not there yet you're one of them Prone <laughs> zombies, zombie. You got to unzombie your shit. So yeah, guys, we're excited. There's, um, I think there's, there's going to be some great content coming out. We can get together. And we can, we can create something for people which is going to add a ton of value, which is super exciting. Yeah, and 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 anyone that's listening and you've met, the, you know, if you haven't met these guys, or check them out. Have a look at them, particularly on 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 Instagram and. Um, and just Google uh, Move You. Yeah, and let either you know let us know what you think of of the podcast. Let get in touch with those guys. I'm sure they'd love to hear from you. Um, but I'm really interested to hear what people's thoughts are on the sort of topics that we discussed. Yeah. So, Mike yeah. Andrew, thanks for your time, guys. Until next time. Class, class dismissed. Missed. Peace. <laughs> we hope that you've enjoyed this week's playground session from the School of Calisthenics. Uh, I certainly did, Tim. I thought that was an absolute crackerjack. Um, <laughs> so if you also did, or even if you didn't like it, but you just like us, we'd massively appreciate, and you like the podcast, we'd massively appreciate um, a five-star rating on uh, iTunes or whatever platform that you listen to the podcast on. Um, it makes us feel good about ourselves, but it also helps um, promote the podcast and make more people aware of it so they can enjoy it too. So all the best this week with your training, guys. Get out there and redefine your impossible. We'll catch up soon. Until next week, class dismissed.